ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله Verily the praise belongs to Allah We praise Him Seek His assistance and forgiveness We seek refuge in Allah From the evil of ourselves And the evil consequences of our deeds Whoever Allah guides There is no one that can lead him astray And whoever Allah leads astray There is no one that can guide him I bear witness that nothing Deserves to be worshipped Except Allah alone that he has no partners or associates and I bear witness that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is his slave servant and his messenger. We'd like to continue this evening with lecture number 25 now a series of lectures containing the explanation or sharh of kitab al-tawheed al-lazhi huwa haqqullah ala al-abid by al-imam Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahhab ibn Sulaiman al-Tamimi al-Najdi rahimahullah the chapter that we have reached is entitled Bab Maja'a Fit-Tatayyur Maja'a Fit-Tatayyur That is what has been reported or what has been narrated from the legal text of the Quran and the Sunnah related to the ruling of At-Tatayyur Yani the legal ruling concerning At-Tatayyur as well as the end result of those who involve themselves in this action which we mentioned previously in the chapter dealing with some of the various types of As-Sihr Yani Bayan Ba'd Al-Anwa'al As-Sihr and in that chapter there was the mention of a number of actions which are considered as a type of sihr because of the fact that the reason or the cause for that thing is something that is unknown or undetectable or unseen. However, this evening we'd like to <coughs> discuss a number of evidences dealing with this chapter at-tatayyur in some detail uh, in which Imam Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahhab has talked about <coughs> the ruling concerning At-Tatayyur the end result of it what someone should do if they fall into it or what should be said of supplication or dua and that At-Tatayyur is a type of shirk At-Tatayyur it is it means At-Tasha'um that a person sees something or hears something and as a result of what they see or what they hear they interpret it as having some meaning related to whether or not what they are about to do will have a good outcome or a bad outcome yani a person intends to go on a journey and because they see something when they come out of their house or they hear something that is said that suggests to them 
that their journey is not going to be a good journey, they take that as a sign that their journey is not going to be successful and therefore they change their plans and they turn back from what they intended to do. And the opposite, likewise, they may see or hear something which might be taken as a good sign that their activity, their journey or whatever they were going to engage in is going to turn out well and they take that as a sign that they should go forward with it. The reason why it's a tayyur is considered or is legally prohibited. It is haram and also it is considered as an aspect of a shirk is because the person who relies on something other than Allah and puts their trust in something other than Allah and considers that something other than Allah from the creatures whether animals or plant life or otherwise humans that they are they can be a cause for what will happen in the future whether good whether something will have a good outcome or a bad outcome then this is shirk and it is shirk from the perspective that one puts their trust in other than Allah and they rely on other than Allah instead of having a good expectation and being optimistic that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will make the outcome good instead they follow some signs that have no real meaning and no basis in reality and they put their trust in that thing instead of trusting in Allah and for this reason it is a form of shirk. In some of the evidences mentioned in this chapter, the Prophet ﷺ said that At-Tatayr is shirk. And the meaning of that shirk, it is a shirk al-khafi. Yani, inconspicuous or hidden shirk. Yani, that is not easily noticeable, detectable, or that someone would not easily be aware of. However, it is still shirk. And... It might be major shirk or minor shirk depending on whether or not the person who follows that cause, the thing that they saw or the thing that they heard, and it causes them to do something or to abandon something. If they think that that thing is an independent cause that has some power to affect affairs in and of itself, independent of Allah, this is major shirk. However, if they think that it is only a cause or a reason that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has set up to bring about some effect, then it would be minor shirk as long as in the sharia there is no basis for taking this thing as a cause or reason that affects any other matters. The first evidence that Imam Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahhab rahimahullah mentions is the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Al-A'raf chapter 7 verse 131 فَإِذَا الْحَسَنَةُ قَالُوا لَنَا هَذِهِ وَإِن تُصِبْهُمْ سَيِّئَةٌ فَطَيَّرُوا بِمُوسَى وَمَنْ مَعَهُمْ أَلَا إِنَّمَا طَائِرُهُمْ عِنْدَ اللَّهِ وَلَكِنْ أَكْثَرَهُمْ لَا يَعْلَمُونَ فَإِذَا جَاءَتْهُمْ الْحَسَنَةُ يعني when something good came to them wealth, health, prosperity when good came to them قَالُوا لَنَا هَذِهِ they said this is for us we are entitled to this, we deserve this, we have the right to this, we are supposed to have it. This was Fir'aun and his people. Whenever something good came to them, they used to say it was their right, and they were deserving of it. وَإِن تُصِبْهُمْ سَيِّئَةٌ But when some evil afflicted them, some disaster befell them, sickness or poverty or any test or trial befell them, 
فَفَيَّرُوا بِمُوسَى وَمَنْ مَعْهُ In that case, they looked to Musa السلام, and his people and they made them to be the cause for that evil that afflicted them or that calamity that befell them. Here, the meaning of فَطَيُّرْ here is that they took the presence of Musa السلام, and his people amongst them as being the cause of evil, evil befalling them. They made them to be the cause. When in fact, the Muslim knows, the true believer knows that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He is the only one who decrees and executes that which He decrees. And whatever happens, it is by the decree of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So they made evil when it came to them. They made its cause to be the presence of Musa السلام, the Prophet of Allah and his people. While Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reprimands them, saying, Ala innama ta'iruhum Allah. Isn't it so that indeed, verily, they are ta'ir. Ta'iruhum, it is with Allah and Allah alone. Yani here, the meaning of ta'iruhum Allah, it means that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He is the one who judges and rules. He is the one who decrees. And He is the one who causes what happens to happen. Even if, even if no one knows the reasoning for it. In the next ayat we will see that the reason for whatever comes to a people, whether it is good or bad, may be considered from another perspective, outside of the qadr al-qadr, and that is it might be considered from the perspective of the actions, that the human being is the cause of his own يعني, disaster, or whatever befalls him of evil, it is because of his own actions. In any case, in this ayat, إِنَّمَا طَائِرُهُمْ عِنْدَ اللَّهِ It means that whatever they have done of actions or speech, it is with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah knows it and it is recorded. And it also means that whatever befalls them of good or harm, it is by the decree of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone. However, most of them don't know. Most of them, because of their ignorance, they don't know that whatever befalls them, it is not the cause of the prophets and messengers, the righteous who are amongst them, who only brought blessing and good to them, but it was because of their own actions, because of their own deeds. The Shaykh Al-Qara'awi, Hafizahullah, he says the general meaning of this ayah is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is describing the minhaj or the way, the seerah, the way that Fir'aun and his people acted towards Musa السلام, and his companions and his people. And he is making clear, giving us a picture of the position that they took towards Musa السلام, and his people. And that whenever any evil befell them, then they took it as a, يعني, they, they made the presence of Musa السلام, and his people as a bad omen, that they were the cause of that evil which had befallen them. They attributed it to the presence or to the actions or to the da'wah of Musa and the presence of his people. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes clear the falsehood of their claim. And he also certifies and verifies that what has befallen them of evil, it is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yani it is from what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has decreed for them as a result of their kufr. 
as a result of their disbelief and as a result of their denial of the verses, the ayats of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes clear the reason for their acting in this way, why they took as an omen, why they did tatayur, and they considered that the presence of Musa and his people was the cause of what harm had befallen them. He said the reason for them acting in this way, it was because of their ignorance and the absence of knowledge of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the fact that Allah, He is the one who decrees the good and He is the one who decrees whatever harm or evil befalls them. The Shaykh mentions four benefits from this ayah. The first of them is that good and evil, both of them are muqaddaran. Muqaddaran min Allah. Both of them are from the decree of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He is the one who has fixed it. Number two, the prohibition of kufr and ni'mah. Yani the prohibition of, being, of ingratitude, being ungrateful and denying the favors of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yani when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us something, we should acknowledge that it is His favor to us and not that we are entitled to it, that we have some right to it, that it is because of ourselves, but indeed it is the ni'mah of Allah. And they denied that. When good came to them, they said it is ours. We are, the, we are entitled to this. We have a right to it. But when evil came to them, then they blamed it on someone else. Number three, the prohibition of at-tiyara. The prohibition of at-tiyara and at-tashaum. Yani, the prohibition of taking signs from what happens around you, actions or what one hears or other things as being a sign of something that will happen in the future, as though these things have some cause, that they control what will happen in the future. And in tashahum, is similar. Yani, tashahum is considering something as an evil omen. Considering something as an evil omen, while atiyara, it is more, yani, it is general. It can be taking something as a sign of good or of evil. Number four, that ignorance was the cause, or ignorance is the cause of every evil. The relationship of this ayat to the chapter under discussion and to the topic of At-Tawheed is that this, this ayat indicates the prohibition of At-Tafayyur, taking something as an omen, as a sign of what is going to happen, while it has no basis in determining or identifying what will happen in the future. And likewise, that At-Tafayyur, it is a form of shirk. Yani putting one's trust in and dependence upon something other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and considering that something other than Allah is the cause or has the ability to cause anything to happen, that one's heart becomes attached to other than Allah, and that one imagines that something is a reason or the cause for something other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. All of this is shirk. And the rest of the evidences, the, other, the second ayat and the other hadith, all are related to this chapter in the same way. They all show the prohibition of at-tirah or at-tatayyur, and because it is a form of shirk, then it is the negation of at-tawheed in totality. It is major shirk if someone considers something as an independent cause outside of Allah. And it is a negation uh, of the perfection of tawheed if it is minor shirk. Yani it affects the perfection of one's tawheed even if it is only minor shirk. In any case, at-tatayr uh, or at-tiyrah, taking something as a bad omen, it is a complete negation of a tawheed or a partial negation that is the negation of the perfection of one's tawheed. The next evidence that he mentions is the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
in Surah Yasin, chapter 36, verse 19. Qalu ta'irukum ma'akum. And they said, that is the prophets and messengers, they said to their people, they said, ta'irukum ma'akum. That your ta'ir, it is with you. Yani, whatever happens of good or evil, it is with you, meaning it is from you, that you are the cause of it. It is your own disbelief or your rejection of the truth or your evil actions and sins that is the cause of whatever happens to you. And this is the other side of At-Tira. From one perspective, we say that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who decrees and executes what He decrees. And from the other side, the human beings are also a cause of the punishment that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala inflicts them with or the calamity that he caused to befall them because of the evil actions for their disbelief and rejection of the truth. So they said to them, Qalu ta'irukum ma'akum. Yani it is with you, it is caused by your own actions. Whatever befalls you of good or evil, uh, it is from the causes of that which is with you, meaning your own actions. In dhukirtum, yani if you are reminded or if you are warned, then do you take this as a bad omen when the prophets and messengers warned them? and reminded them, then they took this as a bad omen, yani, and they considered this as something evil, and it was the cause of something evil befalling them, while in fact, the evil that befell them was from their own selves. Bal antum qawmun musrifun. Instead, on the contrary, you are a people who are transgressing, or who have transgressed all of the boundaries, the boundaries that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala have set, and have gone far away from the truth. And the Shaykh says in the meaning, this ayat is that this ayat in this ayat Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes clear that the messengers when they came to their people warning them and reminding them reminding them of the obligations and the commands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and warning them of the consequences of their rejection then they took this as a bad omen they considered this as a, as a sign that would be the cause of harm befalling them while in fact the messengers rejected this idea that they were in any way to be considered as a bad omen and they made it clear uh, that what has befallen the disbelievers that it is the result um, or it is caused by their own disbelief and their rejection or denial of the signs of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because they are people who have transgressed the bounds and they have gone far away from the truth and they have chosen disbelief over al-iman faith and yani what befalls them it is the end result and the consequences uh, that is expected for the disbelievers the shaykh mentions here three points provide benefits that may be derived from this ayah the prohibition of tashaum taking something as a bad omen and a tira, and taking anything as an omen, whether uh, related to birds or otherwise. Number two, the prohibition of al-israf, yani going beyond the bounds in anything. Everything has limits set by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and it is prohibited to go beyond the bounds to the extreme and exceed the limits in anything. Number three, that going beyond the bounds, al-israf, is the cause of destruction. And it is the cause of the evil end and of those who go beyond the bounds. 
The relationship of this ayah to the chapter under discussion is that this ayah indicates the prohibition of التطيح, of taking something as a bad omen, whether actions or sounds, or even some things that may be known, such as a certain time, a day of the week or a month, and so on, as we'll see in the hadith coming up, that even those who take a certain day of the week as being a, a day of bad luck, for example, or a certain month as being any inappropriate for marriage or for travel or otherwise, and so on, all of this is also from at-tayyara or at-tatayyur. The relationship of this ayat to the topic of at-tawheed is that this ayat rejects this action of at-tayyara because it causes the heart to be connected to and to be dependent upon other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and this dependence on other than Allah it is shirk because at-tawakkul is ibadah and reliance and dependence on Allah is ibadah and relying on other than Allah is shirk yani <coughs> this reliance on other than Allah it would either be a negation of tawheed in totality or a negation of the perfection of tawheed according to the circumstances of that individual the third evidence is a hadith reported by Al-Bukhari and Muslim on the authority of Abu Hurairah radiyallahu anhu anna Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam qal la adwa wala tiyarata wala hama wala safara akhrajahu and reported by Al-Bukhari and Muslim wa zada Muslim wala naw'a wala ghula yani in this hadith the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam negates al-adwa yani that there is such a thing as contagious disease yani disease or sickness that spreads by itself independently of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala without yani considering that whatever anyone is afflicted with of sickness that it is the decree of Allah first mm. and before everything else wala tiyarata yani that there is no bad omens from birds or other things no one should consider uh, such a sign as being a determining factor in what will happen wala hama and hama is related to the belief of the Arabs they used to believe they used to take the owl as a bad omen and specifically some of them they used to believe for example that if an owl falls on somebody's house in the night that that was a sign that that person was going to die soon it was a sign of his coming death or that someone in his family was going to die and some of them used to believe that when a person was killed that his bones or his spirit would take the form of a bird like an owl and it would fly away and all of this is false the Prophet ﷺ said wala hama that this idea is a false idea wala safar as far as safar the most obvious meaning is the idea that the, ha- that the Arabs used to have that the month of Safar that uh, when it came it was yani, a bad sign and certain things shouldn't be done in that month well some of the scholars interpreted this particular expression Wala Safar to mean uh, a certain type of parasite or worm that is in the stomach of human beings or animals and that worm caused a serious sickness and it also in many cases uh, would be a cause of death and they believed and according to some of the interpretations of the scholars of this hadith it means that the spreading 
of this disease uh, as they believed that it would spread by itself and it was independent of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and it wasn't by the decree of Allah uh, that this expression here it means that it is a negation of this idea the negation of the idea that this disease spread by itself and that yani, it wasn't something that is completely dependent upon the decree of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is the hadith as reported by both Al-Bukhari and Muslim. As for Imam Muslim, he has narrated the hadith in a number of places. And one of those places he narrated with the expression, Wala Nawa, and in another place, Wala Ghula. And the meaning of Nawa, basically, it means uh, the position of a star or a planet where it, fa- where it falls, or the star, planet, or self. And the Arabs used to believe that the movement or the fall of stars or the movement of stars or the position of stars, that it was the cause of rain, that rain was caused by the stars instead of it being caused by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. As for al-ghul, it is a type of jinn, and a jinn from amongst the shayateen, and the Arabs used to believe that when they traveled, that this rule would come to them in various shapes and forms uh, and it would cause them to lose their way while they were traveling and as a result and he, they would perish in their journey they wouldn't reach their destination and again this hadith is a negation of such an idea that it is false it is not a negation of the idea that the jinn or shayateen and he exists the existence of the jinn and shayateen is a reality there is no doubt about it but what is being negated here is the idea that there is such a creature that has the ability to mislead the people and cause their destruction while in fact whoever remembers Allah and puts their trust in Allah, Allah is sufficient and no one can harm them except if Allah decrees and allows it. The Shaykh explains this hadith, he said that in the Jahiliyyah uh, many superstitions were widespread. Yani the fairy tales and superstitions of the people were widespread which had no basis and which had no proof proof and therefore Islam intended to protect its followers the people of Islam the Muslims from these falsehoods and therefore it negated and rejected that which was believed by the mushrikeen the pagans in these things that have been mentioned in this hadith and he said that some of these things are negated and he outright and that they have no existence or reality whatsoever not just the idea that they affect things but it doesn't exist at all such as al-tira and al-tira um, there's no reality at all to al-tira bad omens there's no such thing as bad omens not only the movement of animals or birds or whatever has no effect but there's no such thing as a bad omen and whatever happens is by the decree of Allah. Some of these things are not negated. Yani the existence of these things are not negated, but the effect of them, yani that they have some effect independent of what Allah has decreed, is negated here in this hadith. And that is because that no one brings the good except Allah, and no one repulses evil except Allah. The benefits from this hadith are five. He said that sicknesses are not spread or transmitted or do not move from the sick person to the healthy person independently in and of themselves, in and of itself but actually it spreads or it moves from one person to another by the 
by the decree of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Bi qada illa wa qadrihi, yani that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who decrees it, and Allah is the one who executes that which He has decreed. Uh, on this point, there is a lengthy discussion, but there is no time to yani, look at it in full. In any case, the scholars have explained this uh, adwa in different ra- ways. Some of them said that there is no such thing as adwa, yani completely, there is no such thing as contagious disease. That in fact, uh, nothing spreads unless Allah has decreed it. Yani nothing spreads in and of itself unless Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala decreed it. And in some of the hadith, the Prophet warned people, uh, for example, to stay away from the leper, the one who has leprosy, yani to flee from them just as one flees from a lion. And other similar hadith where the Prophet said that don't allow the healthy person to be near the sick person. And these hadith are sahih. Some of the scholars explain them to mean that if the Prophet negated al-adwa, yani the contagiousness of disease or sickness, then the reason why he told people to stay away from the sick person, it is so that a person would not fall into contradicting or believing that which is in contradiction to what the Prophet has said, in the case that someone went into the presence of a sick person and then they got sick by the decree of Allah as Allah decreed it to be and then they would think that it is because of the contagiousness of the disease and in that case they would fall into denial or disbelief in what the Prophet said when he said La Adwa that there is no such thing as contagious disease other scholars said that the meaning of La Adwa is that there is no uh, spreading of disease independently in and of itself but if there is any disease that spreads it is only by Allah's decree and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who has made it as the cause yani that a person would get sick from another person who is sick and Allah knows best uh, number two the second side from this hadith is the negation of at-tatayyur yani omens and their effect number three the negation of the claim of the people in Jahiliya uh, that the owl that it had yani, that it was a cause of something or it was a sign of the prediction of someone's death or as whatever the pagan disbelievers used to believe in that time. Number four the negation of uh, the idea that the month of Safar that it is a bad omen and it's an indication that something bad would happen or that is the time in which the person shouldn't travel and so on. Number five, the negation of what the people of Jahiliya claimed concerning the rule, yani the idea that there are some shayateen or jinn who have the ability to mislead people and cause them to lose their way and to perish as a result in their journeys. While in fact whoever remembers Allah and puts their trust in Allah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is sufficient and can protect them and no one can harm them unless Allah decrees it to be. The relationship of this hadith to the chapter under discussion is that this hadith indicates the falsehood of At-Tatayr and its relation to Tawheed is that At-Tatayr it is uh, the result of a person's dependence or reliance on other than Allah that their heart is attached to other than Allah and this is shirk either major or minor shirk though it is shirk al-khafi it is hidden, it is not obvious and open but it is shirk and it can be minor shirk or it can be major shirk depending on the belief of the person that this uh, omen or this thing that it is a cause 
in and of itself independent of Allah, or that it is a cause that Allah has made, yani, to cause something to happen, uh, depending on what their belief is, then the shirk will be minor or major. Then the shaykh makes a note here, he said that the reconciliation or uh, yani the way to eliminate the apparent contradiction between the hadith that there is no contagiousness of disease, la adwa, and the hadith uh, where the Prophet said, flee from the majroom, the person who has leprosy like you flee from a lion. Uh, and likewise, the hadith in which the Prophet said, don't let the sick person uh, be near the healthy person. The way in which the Shaykh says that we can reconcile between these apparent contradictions uh, is that the statement of the Prophet flee from the leper is a command from the Prophet to protect oneself by taking precautions. By taking precautions from those things that might be, that could be a cause for sickness. As for his saying, la adwa, that there is no contagiousness of disease or sickness, then it is the negation of sickness having some effect independently in and of itself, and outside of what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has decreed. The fourth evidence that the Shaykh mentions, the hadith reported by al-Bukhari and Muslim, from Anas ibn Malik radiyallahu anhu qala qala rasulullahi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam la adwa wa la tiyarata wa yu'jibuni al-fa'lu that there is no adwa there is no contagiousness of disease wa la tiyara and there is no omens and that which pleases me is al-fa'lu al-fa'lu qalu wa ma al-fa'lu they said what is al-fa'lu قال الكلمة الطيبة الكلمة الطيبة the good word and here of course the good word it is an example of الفعل it is not الفعل is not limited to a good word but it is one type of الفعل a good word يعني that a person hears a good word that gives them optimism and causes them to increase in their good expectation of Allah سبحانه وتعالى يعني حسن الظن بالله وثقة بالله that a person increases in their trust and their hope and the good expectation yani, of what is ahead of them that they believe that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will provide them with good and that Allah will protect them and that Allah will guide them and that good will come to them yani, they are increased in that optimism and that good expectation and the trust that they already have and the hope that they have in Allah by a word that they hear or an action that they see or whatever here the Prophet sallallahu is al-kalimatu al-tayyibatu a good word, the good word but al-fa'lu, optimism or good expectation from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not limited to a good word. Even something that someone sees might also be a cause of increase of one's optimism and trust and hope in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The shaykh says in the general meaning of this hadith that when the good and the evil, all of it is decreed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The Prophet has negated in this hadith the effect of al-adwa independently in and of itself. And he has negated the existence of an effect from a tiyara. That a tiyara has any effect independent, any independently in and of itself, outside of what Allah has decreed. And he has confirmed that a tafa'ul or al-fa'lu, the good expectation and 
uh, hope in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he has agreed to this and considered it as being something good. And that is because al-tafa'ul or al-fa'lu, it is husnu dhan billah. Yani it is that a person has a good thought about Allah and a good expectation from Allah and optimism that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he intends good for us. That Allah wants for us good. And he does not want for us evil. As long as we obey him and worship him, then he intends for us good. And I believe we should always hope for and expect good from Allah. And know that indeed, that is what Allah has in store for us. Whatever happens other than that, it is a test from Allah. And Allah tests those who believe. Or it might be a punishment for our evil deeds, if we have fallen into disobedience to Allah. Al-Fa'lu, uh, it is, يعني, husnudhan billah, good expectation from Allah. And it also increases the zeal and encouragement uh, that a person already has. And increases their... Uh, ability or their desire to fulfill their objectives. While at tashaum, at yani bad omens, it has the opposite effect. It causes the person to lose hope uh, and it causes them to turn back from completing their objectives or what they intended. The Shaykh mentions from this hadith three benefits. The first of them is the negation of the effect of al adwa contagiousness independent of itself, independent of the qadr of Allah. Number two, the negation of the effect of at any bad omens, and it is negated totally and completely. And number three, that at-tafa'ul or al-fa'lu, that it is mustahab, something that is encouraged, and it was something pleasing and loved to the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. The relationship of this hadith to the chapter under discussion is that this hadith negates at-tira, bad omens, and its relation to tawheed is that it negates it because it causes a person to heart to become attached to other than Allah and to consider something as a cause or a reason other than the decree of Allah and this is shirk the fifth evidence that the shaykh mentions is a hadith reported by Abu Dawood he says Wali Abi Dawood they sent it in Sahih with an authentic chain of narratives An Uqba ibn Amir radiyallahu anhu qala Yani, before mentioning this hadith first, it is better that we mention the ruling concerning the hadith. Although the author says that this hadith is reported from Abu Dawood with a sahih chain of narrations. And likewise, Al-Imam Al-Nawwi rahimahullah and Riyadh al-Salihin also mentioned that this hadith has an authentic chain of narrators. However, what is more likely and closer to being correct is that the isnad of this hadith, it is daif or weak uh, and for that reason يعني, it is important uh, to consider number one يعني, uh, the ruling from this hadith is already confirmed by other evidences however the supplication mentioned in this hadith should not be considered as a legislated supplication from the sunnah of the Prophet وسلم, while that hadith is considered to be daif in any case, as some of the scholars declared it to be sahih, from amongst them, some of the earlier scholars and some of the later scholars, and indeed there's difference of opinion about it, then uh, there's no blame on the author. Obviously it was his opinion that the hadith is sahih. However, the more correct opinion, and Allah knows best, is that it is daif. He says that, uh, and, and not only that, but also the narrator of this hadith, Uqba ibn Amir, yani, it is a mistake, 
يعني that he is it is reported from Uqba ibn Amir but indeed the correct name of the narrator of the hadith from the Prophet is Urwa ibn Amir as it has been mentioned in the Musnad of Imam Ahmed who narrated this hadith and likewise in the Sunan of Abu Dawood who the author has reported the hadith from in the Sunan of Abu Dawood and the Musnad of Imam Ahmed this hadith is reported not from Uqba but from Urwa ibn Amir radiallahu anhu uh, and it is said that the narrator Urwa that he is Mekki from Mecca while the scholars differed about his lineage and Imam Ahmed called him uh, Urwa ibn Amir al-Qurashi while others said that he was Urwa uh, ibn Amir al-Juhani likewise there is difference of opinion concerning his suhbah whether or not he was indeed a companion of the Prophet and the stronger opinion is that he was not in any case uh, the hadith yani the stronger opinion concerning this hadith is that it's not sahih it is reported that the Prophet that a tir omens was mentioned in the presence of the Prophet فَقَالَ أَحْسَنُهَا الْفِعْلُ يعني that the best of الطير الطير is of different types the permissible omens and the يعني prohibited the permissible is الْفِعْلُ الْفَعْلُ أو التفاول الْفَعْلُ is permissible in the previous authentic hadith reported by Al-Bukhari and Muslim the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم said يُعْجِبُنِي الْفَعْلُ so الْفَعْلُ was something pleasing to the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم is permissible and it is that a believer is encouraged encouraged uh, and increased in his trust in Allah and hope in Allah and his good expectation or optimism in what will happen in the future by the decree of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in any case in this hadith the Prophet ﷺ is reported to have said أحسنها الفعل الفعل is confirmed uh, in other hadith as we said he said the best of it is الفعل ولا ترد مسلمًا and that a Muslim is not turned back and he is not turned back from what he intends to do or what he has and he decided to do فَإِذَا رَأَى أَحَدُكُمْ مَا يَقْرَهُ if anyone sees that which he dislikes or detests and is something that might cause his heart to have unrest and he might, it might turn him back then don't rely on something other than Allah or put one's trust in other than Allah or believe that anything can cause any harm but remember that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is first and foremost the cause of everything and nothing will happen, nothing will happen except what he has decreed so he said فَلْيَقُلْ اللَّهُمَّ لَا يَأْتِي بِالْحَسَنَاتِ إِلَّا أَنْتَ Oh Allah, no one brings al-hasanat, yani the bounties and favors and good things except you وَلَا يَدْفَعُ السَّيِّئَاتِ إِلَّا أَنْتَ and no one can repulse or push back السَّيِّئَاتِ the evil things, that is the masayib, yani calamities from befalling someone no one can repulse it except you, that is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala وَلَا حَوْلَ وَلَا كُوَّةَ إِلَّا بِكَ and that there is no hawl, yani there is no moving from one condition or state to another condition. Al-hawl, tahawl. There is no hawl, wala quwata, and there is no power that enables one to move from one condition to another except with you, that is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And indeed, the meaning of this supplication is true that no one brings good except Allah, and no one repulses evil except Allah. and لا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله. The Sheikh says in the meaning of this hadith that when الطيرة 
and when it was from amongst the social sicknesses or social diseases that were deep rooted in the souls of the people in Jahiliyyah then someone in the sitting place of the Prophet Sallallahu mentioned it uh, and the Prophet Sallallahu informed them that it doesn't do anything that it doesn't have any effect, that it doesn't have any power and he also said that Al-Fa'alu is from amongst a theorah it is a type of theorah but it is the best of it and it is that which is permissible from it because of what it contains of husn al-dhan billah because a person has good because it causes the person to have good expectation and hope in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and it increases or inspires them increases their zeal to do what that which they intended of good and it doesn't turn them back from doing something without any basis and he also informed them that a tira that it does not and it should not uh, repulse or turn back the one who is described with al-Islam al-Sahih and the one whose Islam is correct and right he would not be turned back he would not be repulsed he would not change his decision based on some so-called bad omen nor will he be weakened or decreased in his determination to do something then the Prophet ﷺ made clear the treatment or the cure a decisive conclusive cure for the effect of athira, bad omens, in the heart of the people uh, because it is a fact that it may happen to anyone that and at any human being there's no one who can be free from such that something and it may happen in their life that cause them to fear something bad is going to happen and so the Prophet ﷺ knowing that that would happen to the human beings he gave the cure for it and it is to put one's trust completely in the hands of Allah yani to turn oneself over and surrender oneself totally to Allah for bringing about any good and for repulsing any harm and then the person should go on go on their way with what they had intended to do relying upon Allah to fulfill or to complete their objective in their affairs in all of their affairs yani we should acknowledge that there is no good except Allah is the one who brings it and there is no evil that would be repulsed except that Allah is the one who repulses it and there is no changing of one's condition or power to change one's condition except that it is with Allah alone. Uh, the benefits of this hadith, the Shaykh mentioned that al-fa'lu is a type of athira, but it is the best of it. It is the permissible type of athira. Number two, that it is mustahab. Al-tafa'ul, it is mustahab, it is encouraged to be increased in one's trust and good expectation and optimism in doing good believing and trusting that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will make the outcome good and also believing and knowing and acknowledging that nothing is happening except what Allah has already decreed anyway so it is mustahab al-fa'lu because it strengthens a person's trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala number hadith is that it is da'if and as we know a da'if hadith and it, according to our consideration and it, from the scholars who have examined this hadith and it, a weak hadith should not be used as a proof in the religion in any matter whatsoever and it, not only in halal and haram and, and, and aqidah matters but in anything however at least many of the scholars said it shouldn't be used in halal and haram and in matters of aqidah 
indeed an ibadah, a weak hadith should not be used and therefore we cannot say that it is legislated to make this supplication because the supplication is ibadah or at least not to consider that it is a supplication that has been legislated by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to the Prophet وسلم, as long as the hadith is considered weak. Uh, in any case, he said that, yani the Shaykh says in the book, that it's legislated to make this dua, for whoever has, heart has been affected uh, by something from the matter of at-tatayr or at-tira, yani bad omens, then one should make this supplication. In any case, one should turn back to Allah and put their trust in Allah and acknowledge and recognize uh, that indeed nothing can happen except what Allah has willed. Number four, that all good and all evil it is decreed and determined by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone. By the way, this hadith, and it was mentioned concerning the isnad of this hadith, Al-Hafiz ibn Hajj al-Askarani in Tahdeeb, says that it, it, it appears that the narration of Habib, one of the narrators in the chain of this hadith, reported by Abu Dawud and Ahmed, it, 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 is, it, is, it appears as though the narration of Habib is munqati'ah, yani that it is a break in the chain, and this is one of the reasons why the hadith is considered as da'if. And likewise, Urwa ibn Amir, the true narrator of this hadith, was, according to the best opinion, not a sahaba, but he heard hadith from Abdullah ibn Abbas, according to al-Bukhari, and therefore, he doesn't mention Abdullah ibn Abbas in this hadith, therefore the hadith is mursal. And likewise, the mursal hadith is considered as weak, and not only that, but Habib was a mudallis, and he narrated the hadith with an, and the hadith of the mudallis, the one who sometimes doesn't identify his sheikh, or sometimes he deletes the one he heard it from, narrating it from the sheikh of his sheikh, without identifying who he heard it from. Uh, with, if he narrates a hadith with this expression an, then as we said in Mustalah hadith, that hadith should not be accepted. The sixth evidence for, I'm sorry, uh, the fawaid, the, the relationship of this hadith to the chapter under discussion is this hadith indicates the negation or the falsehood of atira and its relation to tawheed is that believing or depending in these bad omens it causes one's heart to be attached to other than Allah and this is shirk, shirk al-khafi hidden or inconspicuous shirk and it might be major or minor depending on how the person believes in that thing the sixth evidence that the Shaykh mentions is a Sahih Hadith An Ibn Mas'ud radiyallahu anhu marfu'an and he attributed to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam At-tiyaratu shirkun At-tiyaratu shirkun that At-tiyar, bad omens, it is shirk it is a type of shirk and even though it might not be noticeable the person might not be aware of it it is shirk khafi inconspicuous shirk and he repeated it, and he said, وَمَا مِنَّا إِلَّا And there is no one from amongst us except. And here there is some any, uh, expression or speech that, has, that he didn't mention. He stopped here. وَمَا مِنَّا إِلَّا That there is no one from amongst us except. And what has been deleted or what has not been mentioned here, it is due to the fact that he didn't like to say these words, that he didn't like to say these words, but... The meaning of what is understood that would be here that there is no one from amongst us except that he is affected by a tira. That every person at some point or in some situation might, have, might be affected in some way by a bad omen or evil feeling about something. 
But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala removes it and erases it by a tawakkul, by the person having total trust and reliance on Allah. And if that feeling comes into someone's heart, then they should turn back to Allah and put their trust in Allah, relying on Allah and acknowledging that nothing can happen except what Allah has decreed and Allah is sufficient for us. And in that, in that way, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala removes whatever effect came into our heart from a bad omen. And that type of shirk that... Uh, a bad omen, the one who is affected by a bad omen has fallen into some shirk and that is removed by putting one's trust totally in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This hadith he said, Rawahu Abu Dawud wa Tirmidhi wa Sahahahu, reported by Abu Dawud and the Tirmidhi, and the Tirmidhi considered it to be Sahih. And he considered that the, at the end, the last part of this, uh, hadith is the speech or the saying of Abdul ibn Mas'ud radiallahu anhu yani that it is mudraj yani that there is something added after the hadith atiratu shirkun atiratu shirkun yani that atira is shirk and then the second part of the hadith wama minna illa yani that there is no one from amongst us except yani that he might be at some point affected by atira walakin Allah yudhibuhu bitawakkul but Allah removes it by tawakkul some of the scholars said that this part of the hadith it is mudraj, and it is from the speech of Abdullah ibn Mas'ud radiallahu anhu, and not from the speech of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. From amongst those who said so is At-Tirmidhi, Al-Bukhari, Al-Mundhari, uh, Ibn Qayyim, and others. Uh, however, Ibn Qayyim says that this, this any, uh, idea or this any point that the last part of this speech is mudraj, yani from Adr Mansur and not from the Prophet that Ibn Qattan, he has yani, rejected this idea and he said that every speech which comes with the hadith of the Prophet yani, that is joined together, meaning here in this case this hadith of the Prophet that no one can claim that there is any idraj, yani, something added to it unless they have a proof of such. And in order to claim that the statement of Abdul ibn Mas'ud when he said the Prophet said, and then he added some words to it to claim that those are his words and not the words of the Prophet, there has to be some proof. Yani, ibn Qattan, rahimahullah, said, if there is no proof, then we don't accept this claim, but we accept that it is the speech of the Prophet until they bring some proof of otherwise. And from amongst the contemporary scholars, Shaykh al-Bani, rahimahullah, uh, after discussing this hadith, he said, لا حجة هنا في الإدراج في الحديث الصحيح بكامله يعني that there is no proof that there is إدراج in this hadith therefore the hadith is sahih يعني as a complete uh, text a statement from the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم the seventh evidence is a hadith which some of the scholars considered Da'if, a minor weakness from amongst them, is the grandson of Shaykh Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahhab, that is Shaykh Sulaiman ibn Abdullah ibn Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahhab. In his explanation of Kitab al-Tawheed, Taysir al-Aziz al-Hamid, on page 439, he says, after mentioning this hadith, Fihi ibn al-Lahiyyah, yani that the chain contains Ali ibn Lahiyyah, and he stops. And that is a suggestion that there is something wrong with the chain, and the thing that's wrong is ibn al-Lahiyyah, and in fact, he is considered da'if of those who heard from him after ikhtilat, after he and he lost his correct memory, after he wasn't narrating properly. However, from amongst those whose hadith are accepted from him are the Abadila, 
those uh, whose names was Abdullah and from amongst them was Abdullah ibn Wahab and whose hadith is accepted from Ibn Lahiyya and this hadith is narrated from Abdullah ibn Wahab from Ibn Lahiyya therefore there is no defect in the presence of Ibn Lahiyya in this hadith uh, Al-Haythami says in Al-Majma'ah that this hadith contains Ibn Lahiyya but his hadith are Hassan they are Hassan depending on who has narrated from him uh, and the rest of the narratives are siqat, are reliable narratives. Uh, Shaykh al-Albani said that this hadith and it contains in Lahiyah, however, the one who narrated from him is from amongst those whose hadith are accepted from him, therefore the hadith is sahih. Wali Ahmed min hadith ibn Amr, yani Imam Ahmed narrates the hadith from Abdullah ibn Amr, ibn al-As radiallahu anhuma, may Allah be pleased with both of them, that the Prophet said, وَمَنْ رَدَّتْهُ أَثِيَرَةُ أَنْ حَاجَتِهِ فَقَدْ أَشْرَكَ And that whoever, the bad omen, has repulsed or pushed back from his need or from his determination or his intention to do something, he has been turned away by a bad omen, فَقَدْ أَشْرَكَ And in the narration, in some of the narrations as reported in the Sahih, in Sisla Sahih Shaykh al-Bani, it says, يعني instead of فَقَدْ أَشْرَكَ it says, يعني that the person has yielded or submitted to ash-shirk they said to the Prophet that the person has fallen into shirk so what is the kafara what is the expiation for one who has fallen into this it is that one should say Allahumma la khayra illa khayruk wa la tayra illa tayruk wa la ilaha ghayruk Yani, Allahumma, oh Allah, la khayra illa khayruk, that there is no good. And we don't expect good, and we know that there is no one who decrees good, except that you are the one. All good it is from Allah, wa la tayra illa tayruk, and there is no evil. Yani, there is nothing that befalls us of evil, except that it is, by, it is by the decree of Allah also. So whatever good comes to us, Allah has decreed it. And whatever of harm comes to us, it is not from Allah's creatures but it is by his decree he is the one who has control over everything in his unit in his kingdom wala ilaha ghayruk and there is nothing that deserves to be worshiped except you and this is also a statement of a tawhid and trust and reliance on Allah alone acknowledging that Allah is the one who decrees and he is the one who executes his decree and nothing happens except what he has decreed the general meaning of this hadith the, the Shaykh says that the Messenger of Allah has informed us in this hadith that whoever is stopped from doing something by a bad omen and he stops from continuing in doing or executing that which they intended to do then he has fallen into a type of shirk uh, and when the companions of the Prophet asked him what is the expiation for the person who has fallen into such a great sin he guided them to this beautiful or this noble expression, yani the supplication or the words in this hadith uh, that contain the idea of a tafweed, tafweed al-amr ilallah wa nafi al-qudrata an man siwahu, yani that one should give their self, give their affair, their matters completely, surrender it to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone, and negation of any power for anyone other than Him. The Shaykh mentions four. Uh, fawaid or benefits from this hadith, the confirmation uh, that it is shirk for the one who is turned back by a bad omen from fulfilling that which he intended to do.
Number two, the acceptance of the tawbah of the mushrik. Yani that if a person falls into shirk, in this case it is it might be minor shirk, but in any case, the one who falls into shirk, if he repents, Allah accepts the repentance of those who turn to him sincerely. Number three, uh, that the Prophet has guided us to what one should say in such a condition. Whoever has been fallen into, yani whoever has fallen into reacting to or responding to or acting in accord with a bad omen, the Prophet has instructed us what to say. And number four, that the good and the evil, it is all decreed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In relationship with this hadith to the chapter on discussion in Tawheed, is that this hadith indicates that the one who reacts to and he stops doing something or is forced to do something, feels compelled to do something due to an omen, then that person has fallen into a type of shirk uh, if they are stopped from doing what they intended to do or if they feel forced to do something as though there is some outside force that is forcing them to do it. The last evidence that the Shaykh mentions is a Hadith, which also has some weakness in the Isnad, there's Maslama al-Juhani, and some of the scholars said that he is Majhul, although I didn't find his name, uh, I didn't find uh, in some of the books, and he's mentioned that he is Majhul, however, he narrates the Hadith from Fadl ibn Abbas, and apparently he didn't hear Hadith from Fadl ibn Abbas, and also the explainer of Kitab al-Tawheed, Taysir al-Aziz al-Hamid, says that, uh, he read in the handwriting of Sheikh Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahab, his grandfather, he read in his own handwriting that, when he nar- that under this hadith he said it was reported by Ahmed from the narration of Muhammad ibn Abdullah ibn Uth ibn Uthaba ibn Uthatha Ulatha ibn Ulatha and he said يعني, that the author of Kitab al-Tawheed said وَهُوَ مُخْتَلِفْ فِيهِ يعني that the scholars differ about him whether he's acceptable or not وَفِيهِ انْقِطَاهِ and he also said that the chain contains inqita or a break. Therefore, the more correct opinion, as the uh, grandson of Shaykh Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahab says in the, in the Sharh, he said, Isnad wafi isnadihi nadar. Yani, that there is doubt about whether or not the chain of narration is acceptable. In any case, uh, he says, Walahu min hadith al Fadl ibn Abbas, yani, that Imam Ahmed also has narrated from the hadith of al Fadl ibn Abbas, radiallahu. And whom may Allah be pleased with both of them. Innama atirata ma ambaka aw raddaka. That verily atir is that which forces you to do something or forces you to turn back from doing something. Yani, uh, that if, if some omen or something that one sees or experiences forces them to do something or forces them to turn back from do, doing something, then this is the rule under which it would be considered as the prohibited Omen at the prohibited tira. The Shaykh says in the explanation of this hadith uh, that this is, and what forces you to do something or forces you to stop doing something, it is the definition of a tirata al manhi anha, yani the tira that is prohibited. Because it forces the person to con- continue doing something which they intended to do, and even if it was something good, it is. Al-fa'lu that the Prophet ﷺ encouraged and that he was pleased with is when a person feels inspired to do something but not forced to do something that they intended to do because of something that they saw or something that they heard which yani, increases their good expectation in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala 
as for the one who relies on that thing which they saw or they heard, and they continue to do it, feeling compelled to do it because of that omen, while forgetting to put their trust in Allah, then this is a theora, and it is the, prohi- the prohibited type of a theora. And likewise, uh, if someone sees something or hears something that, it, that is detestable or any uh, dislike, uh, and he takes it as a bad omen, and it turns him back from doing what he intends to do, then this is also a theora. Yani the theora here, the rule here is that when someone is forced to do something that they intended to do or prevented from doing something that they intended to do, feeling compelled to do it or to leave it while not putting their trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then this is prohibited. He mentions one benefit from this hadith, the prohibition of a theora, yani the thing that forces someone to do something or to refrain from it, and the relationship of this hadith to the chapter, that this hadith indicates the prohibition of a theora, that is, when someone is pushed or forced to do something or prohibited from doing something, and its relation to tawheed is that a person's heart is attached to that thing as a cause independent of Allah, and this is shirk. This is the end of any what we wanted to discuss, and this is the end of any of the chapters that we would take before we have review for examination. Uh, we need to look at both the questions and the the issues, but I don't know if there's time. How much time remaining before they come? How much? Twelve? Allahumma sta'an. In any case, let's look at the questions. Uh, although the issues might be more important, but the questions may be helpful for now. Uh, the first question, define a tatayyur. Uh, we said that a tatayyur is that when a person takes something as a sign, something that they saw, something that they heard, whether it's the movement of birds or other than that, and they take it as a sign that they should do something or not do something. Uh, how is this chapter heading a tatayyur related to the topic of a tawheed? Yani that a tatayyur is a form of someone's heart being attached to other than Allah and relying on other than Allah instead of uh, acknowledging that nothing happens except by it is caused by Allah and decreed by Him. Number three, what is meant by verily? Ta'iruhum. Yani, ta'iruhum, their evil omens are with Allah. Means one of two things. Uh, that either ta'iruhum means their actions that come from them, their good or evil actions is with Allah. Yani Allah is aware of it and Allah knows it. And whatever happens to them is as a result of that which they have done. The other meaning, ta'iruhum, and Allah is with Allah, it means that whatever happens, whether good or evil, it is by Allah's decree. Yani, it is from Allah that He has decreed it, and He causes it to be executed. What is meant by, they said, Ta'irukum, your evil omens are with you. Ma'akum, that your evil omens are with you. Instead of, as in the previous ayah, that they are in Allah, they are with you, it means that whatever happens of good or evil, the cause of it is with you is a result of your own actions. What is meant by the following expressions? Adwa, Tiara, Hama, Safar, Nawa, and Ghul. Yani Adwa means infectious or contagious disease. The spreading of disease yani, uh, by Allah's decree. That Allah decrees it. La adwa means that no disease spreads, except by Allah's decree, it doesn't spread in and of itself. Tiarata means omens taken from what what sees 
what one sees or hears, whether from birds or other things, and then takes it as a sign to do or not to do something. Hama relates to omens that come from the owl, yani, that is a sign or an announcement that someone or someone's family is going to die if an owl lands on their house. House, or as some of the Arabs used to believe, that the person's bones or their spirit becomes an owl and it flies away. A safar, it is the month, a month in the year, and some of them believe that it was a bad time, that it was also a, b- a bad omen. No, it is the belief that the stars or the position of the stars or planets cause rain, when it's only Allah that causes rain. And al-ghul is a, 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 a jinn or a shaitan from amongst the uh, shayateen in the desert, which, which, they, which the Arabs believe. Yani they believe that there was some shayateen that used to be in the desert when a person was traveling. It would appear to them in different forms and shapes and it will cause the traveler to lose his way and thereby perish. Uh, discuss the hukum or legal ruling concerning athira and the basis for this ruling. The legal ruling of athira that it is haram, it is prohibited. Uh, and the reason why it's prohibited is because it is a type of shirk. It is a type of shirk that a person puts their trust in and depends upon something and considers it as a cause of what will happen in the future, whether good or bad. Well, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the only one who decrees and executes His decree. Is there any permissible type of theorah? Explain. The permissible type of a theorah is al-fa'lu. Yani, and from amongst al-fa'lu, yani is that which one sees or hears that increases their optimism and their trust in Allah and their hope in Allah. And the Prophet gave an example of that which does so, al-kalima al-tayyibah, the good word. What type of shirk is meant in the hadith? Al-tira is shirk, al-tira is shirk. The type of shirk that is intended here is a shirk al-khafi, hidden or inconspicuous shirk. And it could be major or minor depending on how the person believes that the tira is an independent cause or it is a cause that Allah has made, though in fact Allah has not made it as a cause. Number nine, mention some of the fawaid benefits or ahkam legal rulings that might be derived from the evidence of this chapter and those fawaid and those ahkam we mention after each evidence. Any questions or comments or corrections? Fadl, ya Does it what? Allahu alam. If he is not affected by it, it is by Allah's protection. The hafz of Allah. In any case, the scholars said that usually they said that there is almost no one who is affected by it. And almost everyone is affected by it. Which leaves it open that there are some people who are not affected by it. And if, if, if there are some people who are not affected by it, it would be the prophets and messengers. Now, Question? Uh, the sister sent the question, Assalamu alaikum, please give some examples of al-fa'lu from, from the sunnah. And al-fa'lu is not from the sunnah. It is allowed by the sunnah. The Prophet allowed it. Al-fa'lu means that a person sees something, or they hear something, or they experience something, and due to that thing, they are inspired, and they are increased in their trust in Allah, and their good expectation from Allah. It could be anything that happens that increase the zeal or the inspiration or the motivation that a person has and the expectation and the hope of good from Allah in whatever one is doing. Is the Muslim's interpretation of a good dream considered al-fa'lu? Interpretation, it could be. 
Yani, the interpretation of a dream, it falls under something that someone hears or someone sees. Yani, if someone sees something in their sleep, or they hear the interpretation of a dream from someone that it means such and such and so and so, and it inspires them in good and increases their trust in Allah, then the expectation of good and hope in Allah, then it could be considered under al-fa'alu, and Allah knows best. Can I do a for the fasting person such as, may Allah accept your fast, be considered as al-fa'alu? <laughs> Allahu alam. But uh, it seems as though it should be. Yani, uh, not only is it fa'alu, but the dua of the believer is expected to be answered. Is there any fault in such dua? There is no fault in asking that Allah accept our deeds. Muslims should ask that Allah accept their deeds and the deeds of the Muslims in general. Now, Any other questions or comments from the brothers or sisters? Now. Now. Even if it's a bird, no problem. Yani, al-tiyara is not limited to birds. And al-fa'alu is not excluded from birds. If a person saw even something like that, and I don't know what would be in the movement or sign from a bird that would make a person inspired or motivated more, but in any case, the point is that as long as the person is inspired or motivated or increased in the expectation and hope from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in something that they intend to do, while they are not relying on that as a sign, but they are putting their trust in Allah and relying on Allah and their hope is in Allah, but that only increases the hope that they already have and the good expectation in Allah, then there's no harm in it. But if they began to rely on that thing, that this is a clear proof that something is good is going to happen, and then they move on that, not trusting in Allah, then this is what is prohibited. It doesn't fall, it doesn't fall under the, it falls, you know, al-fa'lu is a type of siyarah. And tiyara is that which is permissible and that which is not. The one that is permissible is that the person is increased in their trust in Allah and hope in Allah and good expectation from Allah in something that they intended to do. And it is increased while they are not relying on it. And they don't feel compelled, nor do they feel yani, that it is a certain fact now that something will happen. Because that sign cannot be a proof that anything will definitely happen. But the good hope and expectation in Allah is for every believer to have. So if it is increased by something, there is no harm in it. As long as the person remembers and retains the consciousness in their mind that as they are doing what they are doing, they are doing it, putting their trust only in Allah, not putting their trust in that sign, that that sign proves to me that I should go on now and do this. No, but the sign only increased them and their hope from Allah, not uh, feeling that anything is determined. Yani, the, knowing still that they are putting their trust in Allah, but Allah has decreed what He has decreed and it will be as He decreed it. Whether it happens good or bad. But we trust in Him. And we have hope in Him. And then we go on and do what we do. Putting our trust in Allah. This is, yani, the point is that the sign should only be an increase in one's good hope from Allah. It should not be something that one relies upon. But one must rely on Allah alone. Yani, it's somewhat uh, close. But I mean, uh, one there is reliance on Allah and the other one is reliance on that sign. That is the point of difference. Now. No, you can't avoid it. <laughs> because the Prophet ﷺ, he said, So we can't avoid it. We have to uh, take it. No, it, you will not be confused. Because, look, the main thing, brothers and sisters, 
the main thing is that a believer in order to confirm their tawheed has to always remember to go back to the fact that Allah is the one who decrees everything he decreed it and then he executes it caused it to happen no one other than Allah as long as we keep that in our mind and we know that Allah is sufficient for us and we rely on him alone and we do whatever we do hoping that he will make us successful and knowing that maybe he has decreed other than that to be as he will as long as we have that in our mind that is tawakkul reliance on Allah and asyqa billah trusting in him then there's no harm in it if that sign increases you and you are trusting Allah no problem as long as you don't feel compelled to do something as though it is guaranteed for you but you are only putting your trust in Allah and he's the only one who can guarantee anything I think the time is close now Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika ashhadu an la ilaha illa anta astaghfiruka wa atubu ilayk